Welcome to Somewhat Sports. I'm John Dennis. You may know me from 97.5 WPCV and overnights while Bubby over there messes with the microphone. <laughs> Remember last last week when you said nobody could see my hairline? This is a podcast. Nobody could see me messing with the mic, man. Right, Why do you have to call me out? But I can hear you. They, they, they're they fine. You could have just left it alone. That's ridiculous. As, uh, as mentioned, Bubby Johnson here joining me. And, of course, John Williams here as well. Yep. How's it going, guys? Going good, man. Yeah. yeah. Super Bowl party, a success? It was a great success. I'm glad you guys came out, too, by the way. Thank Grammar you. is very important. Yeah, Super Bowl party was a success. Right. Isn't that what I said? No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm emphasizing. I agree with you. Super Bowl, not a success. Right. Super yeah, Bowl okay, party so. <laughs> was a success. True, true. Well, I mean, it was a success for one team, that uh, game. I mean, for the casual fan, it wasn't a success, I would say. It was uh, kind of a snooze fest. And uh, I'm not going to say I was right. Because you weren't. You're <laughs> <laughs> good, John. <laughs> I kind of was, though. Not I kind of was. All right. So, like, of course, I didn't get the score on the nose, but I said the Patriots were going to win. I, I did say it was going to be double digits, and it was a double digit victory. Boo. So, are you playing horseshoes or are you predicting the <laughs> score? I mean, my God. Like, your score was a, would be a completely different game than the score that actually. I would have been, been, been great. Ex- I would have been happy to watch the game yeah. that you predicted. You're right. That sounds like an exciting game. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, no one really predicted 13 to 3, though. If you said that, you were lying to yourself. If you predicted a 13 to 3 and you were confident in that 13 to 3. Hey, there was one man who did predict yeah, the yeah. three points. <laughs> what did he win? Like 3 million? I think no, it was like 1 million. Or no, 100,000. 100,000. Yeah, 100,000 on a $250 bet, which is pretty good odds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, good for him. I didn't uh I didn't do that unfortunately, so that's why I'm still doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it was uh you know, I think my analysis was right. Can I get credit for that at least a little bit? Well, we, r- refresh my memory. So I, I basically said that if... <laughs> if He's the, fishing, guys. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Uh, I, I basically said that Bill Belichick was going to frustrate Jared Goff. He, he was not going to look good at all because the defense was going to confuse him. And, and they did. They played uh, man defense all, all season, the Patriots did. And during this game, they switched to a zone defense, which they hadn't done all season. And the players even came out and said, hey... This, you know, the, we hadn't seen any of the looks that they were giving us in the Super Bowl on film. So I'm not going to say I was totally right, but I was on the note. Oh, so you said one. Bill Belichick would, would be a good coach in this game. Okay. Yeah, okay. You, like, I'm just saying. Congrats. There you go, John. No, I, I'm just saying that the, I, I didn't think that the Rams' offense would look very good this game, and they didn't. They and did I, not. And I'm going to go ahead and hang my hat on that, if nothing else. Well, there you go. I mean, thank you, thank you. We'll I'm give gonna, you that. We'll give you that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I just, you know, it, it was it was so boring though, and I thought that at least one offense was going to show up to play. And but credit to both defensive coaches, you know, Wade Phillips and and Brian Flores. I think. I mean, obviously, Bob Belichick had his uh, had his hand in that defensive performance as well. But I mean, the defense on both sides stepped up really, really well, and Tom Brady. Uh, is going to get all the the accolades, and he's going to get all oh, you know. He's the greatest of all time, despite posting what like a two hundred and uh, it was a sub three hundred yard game, no touchdowns and one interception. Yeah, yeah, it was and a fumble was, as well. Let's not forget he fumbled. Right, he did fumble. two turnovers. I don't think he. Mm-hmm. I don't think he lost the football on that first fumble though. I think that that was recovered by by an offensive lineman. But either okay. way, he let go of the football. Um, through that interception, what the first pass of the game? I think it was something like that that the Patriots threw. Yeah, so, first drive. Yeah, first, yeah, it was yeah. first pass. So, not great. Yeah, 262 yards through the air for old Tommy. Uh, no touchdowns, one interception. So, not a great stat line 
for Tom Brady. He didn't play fantastic. He had a couple of really good throws, and you know he's he's known for this at this point. At this the one to in Gronk. His career, yeah, it was a beautiful throw. I, I got to give him credit where credit is due. As much as I hate uh, Tom Brady and everything the Patriots stand for, uh, <laughs> but, but you wow. know I got to give I got to give credit where it was due. He picks his spots to show up and 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 make those dot passes where he needs to, um, and that really is what put the game out of reach at that point. Um, at least seemingly, because you know the the touchdown pretty much made it look like an insurmountable lead, uh, <laughs> based on how bad the the Rams' offense looked. It was it was not very good at all. Uh, but Tom Brady, you know, of course he's the he's the face of the franchise, and so even though I think Sony Michelle and that defense did most of the work, and Julian Edelman obviously had his uh, had his moments. I think uh, I don't understand how at this point, this many years into into Tom Brady and Julian Edelman playing together that people don't just like just tackle Julian Edelman as soon as he gets like off of the line of scrimmage because third I mean third down in like nine it's it's Julian Edelman time it's just it is it doesn't matter where they are on the field the ball's going to him and he's going to catch the ball and it's absolutely ridiculous I think a lot of times though when we were watching as well and I know we talked about some different coverages you know having a little bit success playing Mm -hmm. zone uh, you know obviously they went man a lot as well uh, the Rams but but I think where I saw a lot of the issue was just the angles of pursuit after mm-hmm. the catch. Like a lot of times we would see a catch behind the first down, but they would not pursue. They would they would allow Edelman to make a move, you know, and get flat footed instead right. of fully pursuing, allowing, you know, the the defense on the back end to follow up in case they did make a cutback. But it right. was almost like they were giving them the first down. They were playing so passive. And I I just didn't really feel like the Rams secondary were trying to make a play to get a stop. It was right. like almost like we'll just keep you in front of us, which I mean worked because yeah. you know they only they held him to thirteen points. Yeah, if you but can it's hold like, Tom Brady to thirteen points, you know that's I would consider that a resounding success. So although yes, there were times where where drives were extended longer than they needed to be because of the fact that rather than you know taking an aggressive angle at the ball carrier, they were kind of sitting back and saying, "All right, Julian, and make your move, and we'll see where you go from here." Yeah. But I mean, again, credit to the defenses. That Rams offense looked horrendous. I think what was it? Uh, Todd Gurley had ten carries for thirty-five yards, which is, I mean, pedestrian. Not definitely not the the stat line you're expecting from Todd Gurley. Although he hasn't been particularly great during the playoffs in the last couple of weeks of the season. But even I mean, C.J. Anderson had done you know a serviceable job, but even he only had seven carries, twenty-two yards uh, on the on the evening. So and seventeen rushes among the two. I mean, we don't want golf. No, having to make that many exactly passes. at least like and if Jared Goff is going to make a lot of passes it needs to be because of the fact that play action is working yeah. because the run game is working if the run game isn't working then your play action passes aren't going to work because they're not going to respect the run right. so they're going to say okay fine let them run <laughs> let them run yeah. into the brick wall we've kind of formed here uh, when it comes to the Patriots defensive front and again I said that the Jared Goff show is not going to be a pretty show and it was not uh, on the day 19 uh, completions 229 yards no touchdown one interception. How many attempts? Uh, 38, so about 50%, or exactly 50% of his uh, passes were completed. So not not a great stat line by Jared Goff, but that that's the thing, though. It's You needed this game to be a running forward game if you were the, the Los Angeles Rams, and they didn't do that. They didn't establish the run well enough. I think they got away from the run too quickly. You know, 17 rushes when your quarterback is not playing very well. And it's not like they were getting blown out in the first half or second half. There was a 3-3 game at halftime, right? Yeah, it was, I mean, I, I guess once the they game, got the touchdown, yeah. it was an insurmountable lead. Right. They, they knew how many points they were going to put up. At that point. No, it's it's I, I insane how, how quickly they got away from running the football, considering the fact that the game was a one-score game for yeah. the majority of the game. 
and even the 38 38 pass attempts like I'm, I'm you know trying to think about it and like from what I've seen mm-hmm. from the game even 38 pass attempts isn't horrible it, I feel like it's too much maybe right. probably around seven or eight attempts too much but I think what makes it even worse was how many three and outs how many punts yeah. it were so you're thinking like it's not like they were moving the ball and he right. threw 38 times which like I said wouldn't be horrible it was the fact that it was three and out three and out three and out punt 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 and he still threw 38 attempts yeah. like that's exactly. hand the ball off they had, they had a lot of opportunities to take the ball down the field and because they didn't really stick with the run as much as they should have yeah. uh, a lot of those ended up being you know second and 10 then third and 10 or third and 12 or whatever it is and it just it wasn't very good it wasn't and and it's the it's the frustrating thing that happens with these coaches that are that are great like pass you like i guess passing game designers you know they do a good job with like route combinations West Coast and, and, and yeah. yeah you know and and adam gase was was a was a big you know I guess uh, victim of this, where he's super talented when it comes to designing plays, you know, especially in the passing game, so that way your receivers are open, so they rely more on the passing game as opposed to the running game. So if they're in a tight spot, you know, if it's like third and three, they don't have any confidence in their in their running backs to to run the ball those three yards or two yards or whatever it is. They would rather, you know, design some crazy play, right. you know, and say, okay, let's run this play, and then you know it relies on this very specific route combination, and if that's not there, then Guess what? You know you're punting the ball for the yeah. eighth consecutive time. Johnny Hecker, what a fantastic game by that punter, man! He did. <laughs> the Spot punter. on. Man. Uh, he was he was killing. It. He kept them in the game to be honest. Reversing field uh, every time they they needed him to. Um, but I mean, credit to that Patriots defense, man! What a fantastic job that they did. It was really really good. And, and I know you keep talking about the Patriots defense because they deserve it, but mm-hmm. I really feel like the Rams defense, as as good as of a job they did holding them to 13, I don't think they. I don't think they did what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when we were talking about predictions um, before the Super Bowl, I was saying that as crazy as it sounds, you have to make Tom Brady beat you. And I don't. I know that sounds crazy to say that, right. but at this stage in his career with this Patriots team, I felt like that was going to be the recipe for success. And that Rams front three, you know, didn't mm-hmm. do that. They really did. Like Domicasu got some some pressure back there, but we you know we we talked about the misdirection. Mm-hmm. We talked about um, you know the Patriots using a lot of pulls to kind of get him lost in that backfield when he got the penetration and they just really did not have a, a impact on the game like I thought Sue and Arnold would right and I felt like Sony Michelle was able to really kind of get what he wanted you know I'm not saying he had a, an amazing night but I mean you know their only touchdown uh, in right. the game and kind of move the chains like how many times do we see the Patriots on third and four third and six rush the ball and that's not common for a Tom Brady led team no, but they had confidence. The they had down. confidence in their in their running game to get the to get the job done. And I think that you kind of saw that at the end of the game, the the Patriots were able to sustain long drives in ways that the Rams were not. And as the game went on, you can tell how much more difficult it was for the Rams defense to contain the Patriots as opposed to the Patriots to contain the Rams. For sure, you know, because at the end of the at the end of the game, I mean, <laughs> and Sue and Aaron Don- and Aaron Donald are tired, you know, because their offense is constantly going three and out, you know, not really sustaining a whole lot of drives. Uh, whereas, you know, the defense on the Patriots side is getting plenty of rest because they go out there for what three, four, five, six plays, and that's it. They're good to go. They're fresh. They're ready to go. So, I mean, again, you know, congratulations to the Patriots. The you know thirteen to three win over the <laughs> Los Angeles Rams. No, what was the final score? That was the halftime? 
No, that was Does the it, whole uh, time. I'm sorry. Yeah. Quarter, uh, <laughs> yeah. It seems like it should be, right? It seems like it should be. I mean, it's just I feel I feel slighted as a as a fan of the NFL because all season we've had these super prolific offenses. You've had the Rams who have been historic offense. The Chiefs, historic offense, right? Even the Saints, fantastic, right? And the, even the Chargers, we're doing really really well offensively. And then we get down to the Super Bowl, you're thinking like, all right, like I saw the Chiefs and the Rams score 100 points between the two of them, right? And I saw the Chiefs go, or so the, uh, the Patriots go toe-to-toe with the uh, with the Chiefs, you know, when it came to scoring the football when they needed to, right? In that crazy, what, 43-40 game or whatever it was, you know, the Patriots can, can score the ball. And so you're going to this thinking like, all right, like I'm I'm rubbing my hands together like uh, like Twista in that in that GIF, right? <laughs> you know, I'm excited. It's a GIF for GIF. anybody who doesn't it's know. A, what, no, it's what a GIF, about. okay? It's, it's not a GIF. GIF. We're it's not a talking GIF. about the peanut butter. <laughs> the, oh, the the person who the inventor of that particular file calls it a GIF. I'm calling it what he says. So it basically, is. He made he's it. wrong as well. But continue. Okay, <laughs> he's definitely do you, wrong. Do you call it a giraffe? <laughs> is that what it is? A giraffe or is it a giraffe? Okay, I thought so. So G-I-R-G-I-F. Okay, continue. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Anyways, so I was excited for a good offensive showing. I thought, like, all right, maybe a slow start to the first quarter of the Patriots. You know, I think someone threw out a stat that they had, like, in the last three Super Bowls or something like that, they hadn't scored a single point in the first first quarter or something like that, or, like, maybe, like, three points total in the first quarter. Yeah. So... After the first quarter, I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, it's, you know, jitters maybe on, on the Rams side. And Tom Brady has, you know, gone off to, to cold starts in the past in the Super Bowl. But let's let's open up the scoring a little bit, all right? And it just never came. And uh, I feel like as, as fans, and then plus, you know, you throw in that Super Bowl halftime show, which was uh, terrible, I'm going to go out and say. Big Boy was the best part of the whole thing. Um, I, just, I just feel like as entertaining of a season this was in the NFL... <laughs> The end result was super lackluster, and I feel like I, sh- I, I didn't pay any money, but I, d- I deserve my money back. I, the best football we saw that night was the commercial. Yeah, that commercial. <laughs> Man, that was, that was, <laughs> that was one of the under. best commercials I've seen good. in a long time. That was, that was really good. Uh, it made me sad, though, as a, as a Dolphins fan, because like, you had all these like, stars and stuff like that that were in the, that were in the game, or in the, in the commercial, rather. And the best thing that they could do for the Dolphins was like the three guys from the '72 Dolphins. So like we haven't been relevant in the last like 50 years. <laughs> I was like, man, like look at all these like young stars, and obviously you know I had Joe Montana, of course, and all that. But like the best we could do was like three guys in in aqua suits just sitting down, like oh look at all the kids having fun. That was what we got. So that was way to chaperone. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, and, I mean, we did get a, a great NFC and AFC championship. So that's true. The kind of eventful. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Like you, you saw the the eventfulness of those two championship games. You're thinking, all right, like the victors of these two games, you know, are going on to the to the Super Bowl. It's a big profile, you know, game. And I was expecting fireworks to fly, and uh, the that's, only fireworks were actual fireworks, and that was it. Well, this is kind of just like the NBA, like the Western Conference. Those those finals games oh, yeah. are oftentimes better than the one where they're going up against the sure. who, who comes out of the East. So you can see similar things happening. Right. In, yeah, in with uh, with Houston and the seven game series they were having, and then you know even the seven game series with uh, with the Thunder a couple of years back when Kevin Durant was still with the Thunder. Right. A lot of like really good matchups. Uh, leading up to the finals, and then it was like what was it, like a then a four one. Was it four one? Was it a sweet? Uh, this previous year, yeah, for uh, sweet. No, it's no, four one. It's four one. Yeah, because Cleveland stole the first one at home. I think 
or that they didn't steal one at home, but they, you know. And then J.R. Smith yeah. happened. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was uh, rough. Yeah. <laughs> Poor LeBron. He's doing all right now. He might get AD. What do you guys think? I don't think it matters what we think. I think it matters what the Pelicans <laughs> think. Because uh, clearly, clearly they're not happy with it. Right? <laughs> but I want, I want your opinion. Do you think that, uh, I mean, do you think the Lakers will eventually get Anthony Davis? Because right now, you know, they apparently have shut down the talks. What was the latest trade package, Bobby? What did you hear? Well, there was a couple. There's the been a team. lot of <laughs> who wasn't in the trade. That's true. Let's, let's go that way. The last <laughs> final um, attempt that I that I heard, Lakers' final offer included Lonzo, Kuzma, Ingram, Hart, Zubak, KCP, and two first rounders, um, and they were willing to take on Solomon Hill's uh, contract. Wow, for AD and. Um, Pelicans said, uh, is there anything else you can throw in? Uh, can we have Bronny? <laughs> the nerve. The nerve of these Pelicans. I mean, if you're if you're New Orleans, I, I'm trying to think of what their thought process is. Because when you look at what Anthony Davis's desires are when it comes to like what teams he wants to be traded to, right? The teams that he's willing to take, that he's come out and said, these are the teams that I'm willing to, to sign long-term contracts with. Right. Go ahead. And I, I want to correct it. It was a sweep last year. It was a sweep last it year? It was a sweep last year. Um, it was 4-0. All right. The, the game that uh, JR... See, see, we believe in JR so much that we, oh, we believe that win. that was yeah. the win that they were going to get. As a, are we still... That first game was the one that they were supposed to win, and then he messed up. Right. And then okay. Just, and then like, that, they blew the momentum. Yeah. Okay. That makes because they were sense. supposed to win that. So one. the year before, though, I think was it was, was the, the four one. one. Okay. All right. That's what I was thinking about. Anyways, back to Anthony we just Davis, we, you see we we admit we're wrong. Yeah. We're humans. <laughs> okay. And not, we fix it. Not me, but you know. Well, <laughs> hey. I, I appreciate that. At least someone's being uh, humble over here. I appreciate that. Way to, way to keep the podcast grounded. I appreciate hey. that. Anyways, but but going back to going back to Anthony Davis and, and and what he wants, you know, do do you, do you think the Pelicans need to factor in what Anthony Davis wants in order to get the best package possible? Because if you're if you're the Pelicans, you don't want to reward the Lakers because you think that they're tampering with your guy. So obviously, you don't want to send them the person that they want. Because of that, like in like it's just like a human like spite thing. You're like, I don't want to give them what they want because they're the reason for this whole thing happening to our franchise, right? Well, At least you know allegedly rumors, you know whatever. But if these are what the rumors coming out as to what the Lakers want, and the Lakers aren't refuting that these are what their demands are, you have to think if you're New Orleans, what better package is there? You know what I'm saying? Right. I can't see any of the other teams that Anthony Davis has said, you know, that he wants to go to that he's willing to sign long-term deals with that are willing to give up that kind of value. I can't believe that they would even give that much up. Me and neither. The, the fact that the Pelicans aren't taking that deal, it kind of speaks to like their management and where their head is at because right. I'm putting my ego aside and I'm not going to say just because, you know, they're making he's making a demand and this team wants him. I'm not going to give them to them. Like you got to look at your future and, mm-hmm. and see what they're giving you, and see that these pieces that they're offering right. are going to be great for you in the, in the long run. Because what you're going to end up losing him in free agency, right? For sure. But just playing devil's advocate, because I agree with you guys as well. But is it possible that 
the Pelicans are thinking not only what can we get, but how will the NBA look after this trade? Mm-hmm. So is it possible, you know, like I said, I agree with what you guys are saying, but if I'm the Pelicans GM, if I'm, you know, they're a front office, maybe I'm thinking we the Lakers are in our conference. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to see him more than we would if we ship him somewhere else. And now that team with LeBron, Anthony Davis, whoever else they can get in free agents. I mean, I think right. I've said two names alone enough. Mm-hmm. You know, those two names right then and there, like, I don't want to see that. Right. I'd much rather send him somewhere else where I can still get something adequate maybe – I know we talked about the Celtics. They have, they still have some good picks. You know, we we looked over that as well. What picks they have uh, to present? Uh, they have a young core: Jason right. Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier. There's there's some there's some pieces there as well. Right, and and I think that if Anthony Davis were to be traded there next year, that team would immediately compete, given that they don't give up too much, right? But He's come out and said, you know, whether it's through his father or through, you know, various, you know, Rich Paul, whoever, <laughs> whoever it is, um, that he's not going to sign a long-term deal with the Celtics just because of the way, I guess, they handled the whole Isaiah Thomas thing, which, you know, some people say is warranted. Some people say, well, he's not Kobe. Like, why do you feel like he needs a $40 million, uh, you know, sweetheart deal? But if you're the Pelicans, you might not get as much for a one-year rental as you would when you send him to a team that has the ability to sign him to a long-term deal or like I guess are in the good graces of Anthony Davis where he's willing to sign a long-term deal with them so what do you are you willing to kind of send him to the Celtics even though like I mean the the package obviously I don't think is there's nothing I don't think that the Celtics could send short of sending them pretty much all of their first round picks for this next year and maybe like another piece or two like a Tatum or something like that who's also on an expiring contract I think that would warrant saying no to the Lakers I think you got to take the same approach that the Spurs took with Kawhi right because they were getting endless offers as well Right. And there's people that we don't want to see you with. Hey, he's said that, you know, Kawhi has mentioned that he likes the Clippers. Um, you know, wanting to play in L.A. is the statement that he made. You can think of any two teams you want for that. Right. But basically, you know, the Spurs took the approach of we'll send them out of conference. Mm-hmm. We're still going to get great pieces back to Marta Rosen, which, I mean, that, yeah. you know, I, I love that still for them. So it's like, yeah, we maybe could have got something a little bit better, mm-hmm. but at least we don't have to see him as often. You know, what that team has to put up with after we send it is up to him. Right. So whether Kawhi says, I want to come back or not, the Ra- that's the Raptors' problem. So if yeah. I'm the Pelicans, whether AD wants to sign that, that player option or not, I don't care. Right. That's, he's no longer our issue. Mm-hmm. That's that's yours now, and now I'm looking at maybe two two picks, Jason Tatum and Terry Rozier, or right. you know maybe I'm looking at um, big guy with the man, but uh, Baines, and you know what I mean like maybe <laughs> maybe I'm looking at some some different pieces to go along with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Right. So I'm not getting as much, but guess right. what? What he wants to do is up to him. Right. I don't care anymore. It's no longer my issue, and I still have some pieces to build off. Yeah, of. and and it looks like. What the Lakers are giving up is a lot, which they are giving up a lot. You know, and they've they said, "Oh, we're walking away from from the table because New Orleans is asking for too much." Which, I mean, I understand if you're the Lakers, but also when you get two players like LeBron and Anthony Davis, you automatically become one of those like Warriors type teams where like veterans who you know 
are on expiring contracts are willing to take veterans minimums to sign with guys like that. You know, like Boogie Cousins deciding to go to the Warriors and play with the Warriors on what I think was a vet minimum deal. So when you send all of these pieces away, you also are kind of getting a little bit back as well. You're saying like, oh, I can't believe they're giving up, you know, their entire young core for this, but they're they're in win like next year mode. And if you get rid of all of these contracts, if you get rid of all of these players, that kind of just opens the door for, hey, we've got money to spend now. Even though we do have LeBron, even though we do have AD, we've got money to spend. And if you want to come chase a ring with LeBron and AD, now's the time to do it. So, you know, it may look like, oh, yeah, look, look at uh, the Lakers kind of mortgaging their whole future on, on, you know, what this is. But at the same time, like, you got those two players right now, you need to win right now. Well, so. isn't that kind of like a similar situation as what Cleveland did? Was it last year when they pretty much cleared out almost everybody that they had and, and brought in, um, or the year before that when they brought in Kevin Love? Yeah, it was a couple years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, where they got rid of Wiggins and who I don't have a problem with getting rid of. Like, I, I watch Wiggins well. play in, in Minnesota and it's just like, that's a whole nother podcast in itself. Right, yeah, like the fight in there, I just, yeah. I feel like they, they went, they took the right approach. Sure. You know, and, and it, it paid off for them, clearly. Yeah, they got a championship, yeah. You know what I mean? But to your point, you know, I, you got to do what, what what works. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying, like, I, I think the Lakers, they like you said, you know, you do have the best player in the NBA. There's other guys putting up better stats, but we we know when it comes down to it. LeBron James is, he's still, if not, if he's not your best player in the NBA, he's still arguably in the conversation easily. Top three. Every <laughs> single, you know, every <laughs> single year. Not, yeah. But how long will he be in that conversation? Sure. Right. We go ahead. I was going to say, I mean, and if you can sign AD to a long-term deal, that ensures you know success and place, place, pieces. Excuse me, to build around. Yeah, you know. So if LeBron James is because he's he's been doing this thing where he signs like one-year deals and just tries to get to like a bigger deal the next year and the next year and the next year. When you lock up AD, you know, I feel like in the next, you know, I. I'd like to think that LeBron is a human and not some sort of extraterrestrial that's going to live forever. <laughs> so you'd think that, you know, in the next couple of years, his play will diminish. But the thing is that his game ages so gracefully, in my opinion, because he's he's been such a pass-first player his entire career where he can go out and he can score 50 points if he wants to. But he doesn't do that. He tries to facilitate just as much as he scores. Right. So when you have a guy like that, if you can if you can keep, you know, AD on that team to kind of keep LeBron young, you know, and keep him contending, because I think that's really what the the whole meeting between LeBron and Anthony Davis kind of came down to is like, hey, come to LA, you know, I'm I'm on the back end of, of my career. I'm in the home stretch here. But I'm a facilitator. I can get you the ball in spots. People are going to respect my game no matter what. I can get you the ball in spots, and I can make you the star here in L.A. I'm going to be LeBron for a long time, you know. But three, four, five years from now, you know, AD is going to be the name that people are going to want to see in, in L.A. So I don't think that AD is going to sign a deal anywhere but the Lakers. Yeah, I think I think they got to look at LeBron's age. So he's he's 34 now in NBA years. That's way 50? older. <laughs> Yeah, so you kind of want to win now. And I think yeah. they're not going to take the same approach as they did the previous year Mm-mm. as far as saying, oh, Paul George, he'll, he'll come in. He wants to come in L.A. And then right. he goes with OKC and stays there. Right. So I think now they're not going to say Anthony Davis said he wants to be here. They're going to be aggressive with this and make sure that they get him here at all costs because they want to attract as many people as they can once they do sign right. him. 
to be I, able to pair with LeBron. I just don't think that there is any other team that the Pelicans have, or excuse me, that Anthony Davis has mentioned as his preferred trade destinations that can put together a package as good as the Lakers have put together. No. I don't. Like, I don't think that the the Bucks have any pieces. I think he also named the Knicks. Right. You know, maybe if you give him, like, the next couple of first-round picks because they're not going to be that good for the next couple of years, you might be able to do that because I think they're in contention for lottery this year, right? So, yeah, I mean... They're, they're tanking to earn it. They're, yeah. They're working for it. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, if you can maybe, you know, get that first-round pick that's not protected, you know, for this year and maybe get a Zion, I would make that move if I was the Pelicans. But outside of that, I don't, I don't see anyone else. I think that it would be kind of a foregone conclusion that he just kind of put those names out there just so it doesn't look like outright collusion between him and the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. Because there's, I mean, there, there's no other team that can put together. I mean, look at that deal. That deal is tremendous. If you're trying to rebuild a roster for the next, you know, five years, or you're not like, I'm not going to win anytime soon, but like maybe three or four years from now when I got some guys on on good rookie contracts, I might be able to to get something going here in New Orleans. New Orleans is a fun city. You know, it's not like it's Utah. Right? Yeah, but no offense to you, Tom. Do you really need that fun of a city with a roster full of young guys? <laughs> like, That's can true. We, can okay, we imagine yeah. how much trouble these young guys are going to yeah. get into? That's true. With all that jumbo and uh, <laughs> jumbo or gumbo, 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 <laughs> What's gumbo? that jumbo gumbo. You ain't let me finish. It's a big thing of gumbo. Let me finish. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> You got all that, you know. It is, I just it's feel like, like it's jumbo gonna, shrimp. It's like, yeah. Exactly. He didn't let me finish. You know, gumbo. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, I just feel like it's gonna. I feel like it's gonna. And I don't think that's gonna be the issue for them. But what I'm honestly kind of afraid of, and I've seen this happen before with guys that co play with LeBron, mm-hmm. is how much their game changes. Sure. Because. Chris Bosh, you say what you want about the kid. When he was in Toronto and he was doing those used car salesman uh, commercials <laughs> to get voted to the All-Star that game. That was so great. Dude, Chris Bosh was, he was arguably the best power forward in the league. Sure. Really. Definitely top was two, like top three. and eight or something was, like that. He was, was really killing. Good. Yeah. And then, I mean, we get the whole D-Wade can really play in any system. You know what I mean? He's, he, he has, for a guard, he's a great post-up mm-hmm. guard, can get to the rim. Like I said, I love, I love D-Wade. But when Music we, to my ears, by we, the way. You got, you're speaking my sweet nothings over here. We, <laughs> we, we saw what happened, you know, when they went to the Heat. Like, Chris right. Bosh literally became a corner specialist. He was, I mean, he was the guy who was doing the dirty work. That's yeah. really what it was. He, he, he was not, he, if they needed him to go out there and get, you know, 20 points when, you know, LeBron or Very or few Wade, times. We're taking a rest. Often. Maybe when they were yeah, resting. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, said, hey, now you can play. Your, I just don't want to see Anthony Davis go play in L.A. and mm-hmm. these next two years he become, because he can shoot. Right. He's a, he's a, he's a good He's he's a solid three-point shooter. Right. For a big man, he's fantastic. You know, so I right. and I don't want to see him go there and stand in corners and spot up. I, but that I think I'm that's, afraid of. I think that's the difference, though, between LeBron now and LeBron before. Because when LeBron was on, on the Heat, he was 27 years old. You know, 27, 28, 29. I think he spent, like, you know, the latter half of his 20s in, in a Heat uniform. Right. So that game is different than the LeBron game right now. LeBron is doing what he needs to do right now because the players around him are young and he can't really trust them to, to go out and win games. You know, but Kuzma's had a couple of good games with, with LeBron there. Um, I just think that when, if not when, Anthony Davis goes to the Lakers, but I mean, I kind of feel like it really is a win. Um, I don't think that, I think that was, that was part of the selling point to get AD to consider going to the Lakers was like, hey, like, I'm not going to... Uh, I want to stay young. I want to be in this league for a long time. I think LeBron wants to play with his son personally. 
But I want to say it would be a great, yeah, a great I, accomplishment. I feel like he wants cool. to stay in the league long enough to where he can play with his son, whether it's against his son, with his son on the same team, whatever, it doesn't matter. Right. His but, son has to make it, by the way. Like, I'm not doubting right, about this. No, <laughs> of course. Yeah, 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 yeah of course. A, there's a variable there. But if it doesn't look like he's going to, I'm sure, you know. Fall it, off. Yeah, yeah. You, you go. yeah, exactly. So I think that LeBron is telling AD, hey, come here, okay, the offense will run through you. I'm going to facilitate to you. We can be like the two. Because uh, the thing is, Le- LeBron's a facilitator. I understand like LeBron needs to be ball dominant right now, but he's he's a facilitator. That's his number one asset, in my opinion. There's nothing that LeBron does in his game better than find the open guy and have him score. right? And if the offense is going to run with AD being the ball dominant scorer, I think mm-hmm. that's going to be for the best, and I think it'll keep LeBron young, and I think it's a good selling point for AD. It sounds good. I'll, I'll definitely say it sounds, but it's it is hard. It just it's very difficult for people to change. Like we're creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just like I said. I I obviously those two playing together will be amazing. I just want to see it play out. Right. I, I I'm interested to see how it works. Regardless, AD's gonna have to change some things, you know. What right. I mean, and that's just but when so two great people come. Yeah, same thing the Warriors did. Yeah. You know, people still have to people have to learn how to play together. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I just I want to see it play out. Yeah, people said, people said that LeBron, D Wade, and, and Chris Bosh couldn't play well together, and they won two championships, and they went made it to the finals all four years they were there. So I don't. I, you're selling the Patriots. I don't know if too many people said that they were, that wasn't going to work out. I think no, more I, people I, said I, the oh NBA gosh. is They over. did say, because at the time, I mean, Dwayne Wade was a prolific, you know, cut to the basket score. He wasn't a fantastic shooter. I mean, he could shoot a mid, a decent mid-range shot, but he wasn't like an outside scorer or anything like that. And no. neither was LeBron. They were both very ball-dominant slashers that needed to get to the rim to finish. And they thought, well, well I don't know if maybe those two could work together if they're constantly going to be cutting towards the basket, you know, and being as ball-dominant as both of them have been in the past. Chris Bosh obviously was also a very uh, ball dominant slasher, you know. But of course, he found his outside shot a little more as the uh, as he got it with the Heat. Yeah, he had no choice. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> he wasn't gonna get the, he wasn't gonna get the basketball at that point. But <laughs> but we just motioned to the corner and said, "Hey, get over there, Chris." <laughs> but I I think that those two working together, I feel like they're smart enough and they understand each other's skill sets well enough. Where I feel like that that pairing is going to work out if it ends up happening. Now it might be two years down the road when AD decides he's not going to sign, you know, uh, his player option. I just I, I think that wherever he goes, if it's not the Lakers, it's going to be a one year rental. Yeah, and just remember the Lakers still have work to do once they get him because we're talking about two guys. This is a five on five game, and mm-hmm. it'll almost be useless if if you get him and can't put the right pieces around them. So. That's true, but I mean, you got to think that I mean potentially Kyrie maybe heading over there. That's no, I, I I don't think Kyrie. I I know there's been a lot of rumors of him saying he wants to join up. He's kind of said those are all rumors. I don't I don't think Kyrie goes to go team up with. with Why not? I just if if it's a thing about being second fiddle, which is what everybody always said the biggest issue was, you're now becoming the third fiddle behind uh, AD as well. Right. And I just I don't know if he stays in this with the Celtics because, like he said, he own he owes them nothing. Right. You know, very true. But there's a lot of other places where he can go. Um, kind of be to maximize his talent in his wallet. That's true too. You know what I mean. So <laughs> like, if he goes, if he goes with the Lakers, it's already AD and LeBron's contract. And if you give him another max contract as well, now to John's point, who, who are we filling this roster? Well, do, then do again, I get to play for the? I, do yeah. I, can I come off the bench for the Lakers? Because they're not gonna, <laughs> not gonna have too many. Yeah. Pe- I play defense, guys. I love. I, I, <laughs> Play my heart you could out. be like the Roni Turi off of uh, <laughs> man, I'll be the Cephalosha for all I give it. I don't care, 
Give me a jersey. At that point, you call me who you want. Zadruna Silgalskis. Let's get it. I love how he compares me to people who are like five inches tall. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're. I'll take it. I'll take it. You're, no you're what? Six foot eight? No, you're like. T- he's six eleven. First of all. Wow. So we're just not gonna be honest on this podcast. <laughs> he's six eleven. I'm six eleven. Two eighty. Yeah, you wish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In platform shoes, man. Yeah. <laughs> the heavy vest. <laughs> it's just a voice. It's just a voice. <laughs> okay. But I, I just, I don't know, man. I feel like. Kyrie, with his public comments, has kind of shown that, hey, I now realize how much better being a contending championship team, like where he doesn't have to be the guy. He tried to be the guy in a Celtics uniform. The guys who are there have won without Kyrie, you know, not won a lot. You know, they didn't win the championship or anything like that, but they were a very relevant team. They were a very good team without Kyrie. So right. they're saying, like, why, why are you coming over here and telling us how to do this, that, and the other? When we made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, we were, what, one game, two games away for making it to the uh, to the championship? So why do I, why do we need to take lessons from a Kyrie Irving? And if Kyrie that is the discussion seen? in that locker room, then he should definitely leave, though. <laughs> that's what I, I, yeah, I, but if I feel that's like, the discussion that, that they're having. I'm just saying that when Kyrie had those comments saying, you know, hey, you know, I talked to LeBron because, you know, I didn't realize how difficult it was to be like the guy in the locker room, you know, and how difficult it is to get younger guys to listen to what you have to say because you've been there before. And if that's what's coming out of what uh, Kyrie's mouth at this point, I don't know how much longer we can expect Kyrie to stay in a Celtics uniform if he already has this tremendous respect for for LeBron James, if he knows that there's going to be roster spots and salary cap available for Kyrie, even if Anthony Davis goes there. I mean, it might not be max money, but I mean, sacrificing a couple millions here or there to go play in one of the biggest markets in the world, the endorsement deals are going to be fantastic. So you're, you're going to make a lot of money back on that end. You know, so who's to say that Kyrie doesn't go out there and, and be, you know, the the other scorer, the third guy that you can build that team around? Because there's plenty. I mean, if they're sending away these guys for just for a trade for Anthony Davis, who's to say they don't, you know, let some of these guys go to other teams? If if other teams see, like, hey, hey, these guys are, are you can negotiate these guys away from the Lakers. And who's to say that they don't try to make some of these moves elsewhere? Taking out a a, a Lonzo, you know, because Lonzo he's a great passer. Don't get me wrong, and he's he's a decent player, but he's not Kyrie. No, but I, I mean, like like I said, what I like about the Warriors is because they have a lot of star power, but it plays well together. Mm. There's an old saying: "There's only one basketball." It's true. You know what I mean? And I just feel like like we were just, um, you know, John had pulled up the usage rate over here, and we're we're looking at it with if AD goes there, that now has LeBron and AD being the only. If they were to join together, they'd be mm-hmm. only two players on the top 20 usage rate um, other than Steph Curry and Kevin Durant playing on the same team. Right. So, And those are outside shooters who, you know, I mean, Kevin Durant can, can cut to the basket, but for the most part, he's... he's, he's yeah, you know what I mean? It, it's not back to the... It's not... Yeah, it's not at the rim, back to the basket type right. players. And I just... Like I said, <clears throat> if it happens, I'd love to see it and just want to see how it, how it yeah. plays out. But, you know, that's a... Looks like we got a, a, an idea for a whole other podcast. That's I know what we're too. talking about coming up. <laughs> <laughs> the show after the show. Um, so transitioning to some uh, some more NBA news here. John Wall having a, a little bit of an accident at the house. A little slip and fall. A little slip and fall. <laughs> Calling John Morgan and Morgan and Morgan, seeing what he, what's going on. 
What's, you know? What is he up to, man? Like, what's, yeah, his, what's his motive? I don't know, what's man. What's his angle with this? I, I don't claim <laughs> to know what John Morgan's doing. But John Wall, that's the John I do want to talk about, is he's got a torn Achilles now, allegedly. You know, that's what the reports are saying. I don't know. I haven't seen the medical report. I haven't talked to the doctor. Yeah, but allegedly. they're saying he's got, a, he's got a torn Achilles. And to me, it's it just shows how different the and how much more effective the NBA Players Union has been in relation to the NFL Players Union. When you're looking at a guy who was at home, slipped and fell, tore his Achilles, unfortunate, 99% sure he, it wasn't on purpose, right? You know, he's getting all of his money. Every single dollar that he was, that was in his contract, he's getting. In the NFL, you don't have that luxury. Right. Well, it's, in the NFL, it's not that easy for a star to pretty much drive a team and maybe a league just in general. Mm-hmm. The NBA, I think, is powered by the stars of the of the game. So when it comes to making decisions around the league, the NFL players don't have much say. So it's going to be a lot harder for them to adopt a process like the like sure. the NBA does. I don't know. What are your opinions? What do you think the NFL can can do? I just I just would like to see the NFL players union make less concessions to the owners in the NFL. When you talk about some of the, the, I mean, the sport in and of itself is so barbaric. I love it. Football is my first love. Okay, I grew up playing it. Tell us, Arena. That's fine. You can tell her all you want. You can tell my girlfriend all you want. But my first love was football. But it is a very violent game. And it's crazy to me that the game that your body is on the line for day in, day out. Like, don't get me wrong. Basketball has a lot of contact. There's a lot of elbowing here and there, a lot of dirty stuff you don't really get to see, you know, unless you're actually actively looking at, you know, some of these guys who are in the post, right? You know, or guys who are driving to the basket, they get hit hard. I'm not going to say they're not. But there's like a different kind of physicality on a football field. There's a reason why those guys wear helmets. They wear shoulder pads and, and, you know, all the other, you know, protective uh, garments that they wear. And to me, it's crazy that those contracts aren't fully guaranteed where you can be a vegetable after one play. Yeah, I think I think these are talks that are in motion, but hear me out. So in the NFL, let's say players feel a certain way, and if it comes down to it, a lockout happens. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That has a greater impact on the season than, um, than the NBA lockout because there are 82 games in the uh, NBA season. You have a lockout in the NFL, who knows – what that can do. So sure. if I am the commissioner of the NFL, if I'm an owner in the NFL, I'm going to do everything in my power not for that to happen and to keep the power with us. So I'm just trying to look at it from both sides. So I think it's a lot more difficult for those players to kind of pull together and, and do what you're asking. Yeah, I think I think the, the main thing is that the roster sizes in the NFL are so big and there's so many players. Right. That are willing to say, "Hey, like he might not be able to work for this money, but I have, you know, I have kids to feed. I'm not making millions of dollars. I'm on, you know, I'm on the practice squad, right. or I'm, you know, I've got a hundred and ninety thousand dollar a year salary. I'm willing to go out there and play, right? So I think it's it's tougher from a leverage position what the NFL players can do because they have so many players who are ready to step in and play. That being said, though, there needs to be, I think, more of a responsibility on the owners like the the nfl is the richest sport on on earth outside of you know i don't know one of those like soccer teams maybe one of those uh european soccer like real madrid or something like that but 
the NFL as a business is so lucrative, and it's crazy how many of these players who are supposed to be your star players don't get guaranteed contracts. And if they do get guaranteed contracts, they're not for the entire sum of their salary. You know, and I understand that there are cases out there where some of those guys are like loafing around after after getting their gigantic guaranteed contracts, looking at you, Albert Hainsworth. <laughs> but at the same time, though, the, when you, I yeah, know, I'm sorry, and the, the Redskins fan over here really is, uh, is feeling bad about it. But at the end of the day, though, with the amount of stress that the game of football puts on your body, I feel like is it's unfair that these guys are putting their necks on the line for, first off, on average, smaller paychecks than NBA players, which I'm not trying to take money out of the NBA players' mouths. That's not what I want to do. But the fact that that sport makes so much money and they can't take care of their players like that. And the reason why is because in the NBA, I see your face. I know who you are. Mm-hmm. You're in commercials. I mean, don't get me Obviously, we have NFL players in commercials right. as well. But like when the NBA lockout happened, you saw these guys playing at your, lo- you know, your local college. Sure. Uh, rec centers. Rucker Park. Like, we still saw them. So right. the NBA can you you want to you know if we lock if we have a, a lockout that's fine I'm still going to see Kevin Durant play this summer yeah exactly I'm still going to see the Kevin Durant LeBron James matchup so the fan is still getting what he wants the NBA players still making their money they're still playing a game they love the only person who's losing right now is the NBA right. so it's like dang I got to do something where I can get these guys back and I can start profiting off of them sure. if that happens in the NFL where you know if we're being honest. People start watching basketball because of Michael Jordan, because of LeBron James. Right. They hear a name, they'll, they'll, they'll yeah. watch the game. And as great as NFL players are, very few people start watching the game because they hear Saquon yeah. Barkley or they, you know, they yeah. hear Tom Brady. Let me start watching the. I give you a shout out. I know you like that. <laughs> you know, very, very few people are going to start watching because they hear a great name. Right. A lot that, of fan not, support is to the team. Right. Yeah. Not enough. Not enough. Not individual star power. Yeah, that, as, that, as that it transcends the, the this actual you know team or whatever it is. You know, you you look at the Miami Dolphins, you think like, oh, like Dan Marino, member of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, right. You look at Joe Montana, member of the you know San Francisco 49ers. You don't see even Antonio Brown. You know, he's of course he'll be a star wherever he goes. To kind of did that a little bit when he was you know kind of jumping around between the 49ers, the Eagles, the Cowboys. You know, even for a little bit he was with the Buffalo Bills, which I thought was hilarious. But you know, very very seldom does the the personality transcend the value of the team. People are going to have their their team loyalties before they have their personal loyalties. A lot of people you know will follow LeBron around for whatever team he's currently playing for. You don't really get that as much, I don't think, with the NFL. And, that, and that's a good point. There's there's a lot more star power, and the, the stars hold more sway. But I just, to me, it's just looking at one of these situations like John Wall, where he's, you know, at home, he tore his Achilles. It's an unfortunate thing, but he's taken care of at the end of the day. He's got his contract, he's going to get his money, and then he's going to rehab as hard as he can. He'll come back when he's ready to come back, and he'll get back on the horse and go. But when you look at some of these other players in the NFL, and how much they're putting their bodies on the line week in, week out in a very violent game, you know, and you get a guy like Earl Thomas who breaks his leg, you know, after holding out for a couple of weeks and he doesn't have any guaranteed money. Now he's going to have to go out and approve me contract and, and the NFL, the longevity of an NFL player is not very long. And so every year counts. So if you're not making money one year, that's money that you are losing that you're not getting back right. ever. You know, you might be able to get it on a prove me deal. You know, one year I know Brent Grimes had a had a deal like that where 
Uh, he was with the Falcons, tore his, uh, his Achilles, and then came back with the Dolphins. They said, hey, we'll give you a one-year you know, show-me deal. He showed it, and then they paid him. Well, it wasn't great, you know, but they paid him a decent salary. You know, but very few times does that happen in the NFL where you can come back and bounce back like that and prove your worth and get a long-term deal. Look at Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. He's not getting paid you know, until you know, the full free agency thing comes around. Well, I think it's going to take – the players are going to need some type of leverage to be able to go yeah. against these owners and, and come up with something to where it's more beneficial for them because right. – they they really can't offer anything. It's gonna take it's gonna take the star players of the NFL to make some sacrifices. Right. Whether saying I'm taking less pay or I won't do this if this doesn't happen. And until that occurs, I don't think there'll yeah. be any change because I feel like that's what kind of happened in the NBA and that's mm-hmm. where the players kind of yeah it needs to be shifted the balance of power. It needs to be a united front. You know, right. where you're getting every single star player on the same page. Like, hey, Le'Veon Bell. Hey, you know, Antonio Brown. Hey, Tom Brady. Hey, you know, Patrick Mahomes. Right. All these guys need to, like, just come together and say, hey, we're not playing a snap until we get this whole players union thing figured out. We are getting fully guaranteed contracts. Right, and I think the NBA was willing to do that, and I don't think the NFL is there yet. So just to make sure I'm understanding this, you got you want the NFL players to stand behind someone's strong opinion and, and show support? Of them, I think I think we've already realized that that, that doesn't happen. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> is that, is that, and right. I'm gonna leave, I'm not gonna go too far into this, right? But and, uh, and I understand what you're saying, and, and 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 I agree. It's it's proven futile in the past when it comes to corroborating, you know, a singular message, you know, that some people feel is is for the benefit of, yeah. you know, not only a. a, a team or a player but an entire race but i'm not gonna get into shout that out either. cap and we go yeah. leave it at that <laughs> so i think that that is a more polarizing issue i don't think it should be but it's a more polarizing issue than hey we need to go out there and make sure that our money is taken care of i think you can get more players behind that message because that's what they're all there for yeah. i mean granted a lot of them love the game i'm sure some of them might play it for free if they you know if given the opportunity but you're not going to get anyone to say, like, well, I don't want more money. Let's let's not be crazy here. Right. Of course they do. So I think that it would be a lot easier to get them all behind that message. Now, whether or not even that unified front is going to be enough to get the owners to kind of say, all right, like, well, maybe we'll start fully guaranteeing some of these contracts. Yeah, and I emphasize the star players that, that right. come forward and do that because they, they don't have as much to lose as, as some of these players who are, are barely making it and have to play for these checks. Yeah. So I think when you – start off with the star players um, putting that foot forward and coming together, I think sure. you'll, you'll make progress. But I don't even think they're there yet. So. No, I don't think so either. So I, I think we're forgetting the biggest part of this John Wall story. What's that? And that's the fact that another Wizards point guard has found a way to get paid by doing nothing. Shout out Gilbert Arenas, man. We miss you. I, I, I just, I just think, I think he's he's finally coached the young guy. And I think he showed him how to how to get that money. How to finesse how to money. Get just like that guy from uh, from New Jersey. Just throw some ice cubes on the floor and. <laughs> You see that video? Oh my God! What a scam! What a scam artist! You think John Wall uh, went to Chipotle, threw a couple ice cubes on the ground, and uh... no, I don't, I don't no think way, so. No I don't think anybody wants to kill these things. No, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. John, talk to the people, man. You, you, yeah, you've been there. What's the, reco- what's the recovery like? Listen, we... it's, it's not fun. Like Achilles is is bad because that recovery. If unless you're Kobe Bryant and you have the best doctors in the world and you can just afford to just fly out to what Germany right after the game and have surgery. You're going to be out for a good year because mm-hmm. just strictly like the, the blood flow down down there, there's barely any there. So it's a long injury to come back from. Right. And 
when you do come back, you're you're never the same. You don't have the same bounce when you um when you get back. Your game may need to change. So somebody like John Wall, who's explosive as he is, and a lot of his game is predicated on speed and athleticism. Right. Who knows how he'll come back? So I don't wish that on anybody, and I don't think he would try to take advantage. No, of no, I don't think so either. But again, lucky for him, plays in the NBA, gets a fully guaranteed contract. His family's going to go home nice and fed, which That's is nice. Right. The uh, the clubs are going to continue to stay open because he's going to get that money, and he'll be there, of course, in his uh, his yeah, little wheelie scooter. Like you know, uh, <laughs> John Wall likes to hit up the uh, the DC clubs. I'm not going to you know get too deep into that. Oh, but man. on that note, uh, yeah, this is another episode of Somewhat Sports, episode four. We're coming in on number five soon. I'm moving, man. Yeah, I know. Every week we get closer to a bigger number. It's crazy. <laughs> Funny how that works. That's interesting. That's good, man. It all, all plays. I just want to let it be known as well. I love gumbo. Like, I can't believe I said jumbo. Like, like I, I've been thinking about this this whole time. Like, I thought we I, I wonder with jumbo shrimp. I wonder, yeah, but it, it was just like I didn't really get the, the opportunity to express myself. The, the city of I'm New Orleans sorry. has taken enough L's as it is, and you're just adding another one to the pile by calling it Jumbo. <laughs> I'm going to go home. So disrespectful the gumbo. entire city. I'm going to go look up Jumbo Gumbo recipes tonight. <laughs> I'm making it tonight. <laughs> Were you thinking maybe Jambalaya, maybe? Uh, that's what it, that's probably, Jambalaya Gumbo. I probably want to say both and just went with Jumbo. I like the support. I like it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's, listen, man. That's a good save, man. Good. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Jumbo. Jumbo gumbo. I think if, if he had said gumbalaya, I think it would have been better than jumbo. <laughs> yeah, but you I want to know what you're talking. Jumbo. About. Yeah, if I would have said gumbalaya, they would be like, oh, he's good. Uh, yeah, he's but confused too. The jumbo's like, what? The if you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. All right. Well, Bubby's got to walk his dog, so I guess we'll end the the podcast there. Shout out uh, Spud. <laughs> shout out the Spud. Yeah, that's right. Uh, again, look for uh, for episode five. We're going to try to get it on uh, Spotify and, and Apple Podcasts pretty soon. Uh, we're still in contract negotiations, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, <laughs> and we're also thinking about setting up a Patreon, so that way you know we can make some money and uh, you know kind of invest that back into the podcast. That's the the idea, and get you the best content and uh, you know the best uh, podcast possible. So look look for that as well. Uh, again, check me out on Twitter at John Dennis Radio J O N Dennis Radio. Check me out on Twitter at y'all know underscore bubs. That's Y A L K N O underscore Bubs. Terrible English. Is it with it Bubs with an S or Bubs with a Z? It's with an S. Come on, man. Okay, I'm not I'm, I'm, just, I, I, I'm sure. an adult now, okay? We don't we don't use Zs for S's, okay? <laughs> Wait, is there a W in yeah, no? What's what's the cutoff age? Nah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like once I feel like once you claim yourself on your taxes, you can't put you can't be spelling <laughs> once S's you register to vote, you gotta Yeah, like come on, man. You got you gotta get over that. Oh That's like God. the aim names with the X yeah, number yeah, yeah. X. <laughs> XX <laughs> underscore the the e's for threes or my my uh, Xbox gamer tag still has an e for three in it. Yeah, I but you gotta grow every up, time. Yeah. I'm thinking about getting rid of the number on my Instagram name. So I feel like I've grown out of it. Oh uh, yeah. Hey, so what's the answer? You gonna yeah, tell yeah, us? Yeah, you gonna plug it or it? can I? <laughs> this guy's jumbo guy. <laughs> my IG is JL Williams five. Are you gonna get a Twitter at some point this century? I have or? a Twitter. I just haven't logged on. Log into it. What the I heck don't know are you my doing? password. Then make a new one. I forgot password. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't have time for that. <sighs> All right. Well, I guess we'll end there. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week on Somewhat Sports. Uh, Peace. <laughs>